Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show, You. Today we'll be covering the 10th and final episode, titled Love Actually. Gotta love the play on the titles. I think I said that last week, but love that too. Yeah, I need to, I meant to look back to see how many of them tied to like movies, because it seemed like there was quite a few. I feel like there were, and you know, I didn't do that either, so that's my bad, but... We made it to the finale, and damn, what a what a finale it was! What what are your overall thoughts before um, we get started? Overall thoughts: this season, I I enjoyed this season start to finish probably better than season one. Mm-hmm. It felt like it moved a lot smoother. Uh, I think season one there was it, it this one. I mean, this we talk about a lot of the the Netflix shows where like episode six, seven, eight, kind of like oh, okay, like that feels like fluff. Yeah, season one of you really felt like that. It kind of felt like it was like, and, and that might have been more of like because I don't think we ever really figured out when Netflix took it over and when um, it finished showing on uh, uh, Oxygen, or was it? Mm-hmm. It was Lifetime. Lifetime. Yeah, and so like you can kind of see like there was a really clear like this felt like it ended and then something new started in season one, but season two I felt like it ran really smooth. It kept my attention the whole time, um, so I. I think it was good. I really liked it. Liked how it ended on the little bit of a cliffhanger. So all in all, uh, I definitely enjoyed it. What about you? I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I I did enjoy season one, but I enjoyed season two probably even more. I thought it had a little bit more of the dark comedy feel that I really love. Um, I thought it was really funny. I thought Joe's commentary was, you know, as he's narrating throughout, it was, um, I thought it was really good last season, but this season it was just really funny. I had a lot of laugh out loud moments, you know, as he's uh, giving his commentary um, about certain things. So that, that was always really enjoyable. Um, and I thought some of the acting was a lot better too. So, um, so yeah, I was, I was pretty happy and ready for season three for sure. It's um, uh, it left which, on a, a good cliffhanger that I'm sure we're going to talk about. But uh, yeah, talking about like actors, about. Uh, Victoria Pedretti playing in mm-hmm. here. Like we were both excited for that because she was in the Haunting of Hill House. So getting yeah. to see her in here and seeing her acting chops just continue to amaze me because I don't. I think she was in a movie or two since Haunting of Hill House, but this is like her second big big thing if I remember correctly. Yeah, Haunting of Hill House was her first acting gig. Um, So she was a a fresh young actress and got cast in Haunting of Hill House. And she just really, I thought, knocked um, that role of Nell out of the park for sure. So impressed uh, with her abilities and how she was able to be, you know, go where she did in that show. I don't want to give anything away. If if people haven't watched it, please go watch it. Um, It's so amazing. But with what she was able to do in that show and then to kind of see, you know, kind of something completely different. um, you know, in, in you and the character that she played, um, which I, I'm sure we're, we're going to, you know, kind of take a deep dive into now that we know a little bit more about her. Um, but yeah, I was really excited for this season. I'm sad to see it go as always. It's always a little sad to see, um, a show that you really enjoy, you know, getting into and you talk about and you spend so much time on it and then you're like, damn, it's over. 
Um, so it's a little bit of a bummer, but we've got some fun stuff coming. So yeah, but this did like I mean some of the older shows I remember like Heroes season one. I think even like Walking mm-hmm. Dead the first few seasons, Dexter stuff like that where. When the yeah. season ends, you're like, oh, like you said, that's kind of sad. Like, I really wanted to keep make this go, keep going. You know, like a good movie. Like when you see yeah. the credits roll, you're like, oh man, I really didn't want this ride to end. Um, but at least what's nice about this is we are confirmed to get a season three, uh, and they are setting that up to oof, be pretty <laughs> amazing. I think so. I'm pretty pumped for that for sure. I am. I'm really curious to see where it goes. I know we're going to talk about it. Um, you know how how the season ended. Um, so I'm really curious to see how that's going to turn out, you know, what's going to happen with some of those characters. And will we see other characters return uh, for season three, where exactly they're planning on going with that. So I think that's a good thing. Um, at least we're not sitting here going, Oh, well, we finally got through this season. Yeah. We did lost in space. It. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're not dreading um, like, Oh, I don't think we're going to cover the next season. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I, I can speak for both of us that, you know, hopefully the timing will work out. You just don't know um, some of these shows pop up, but I would definitely love to cover um, season three again of this series. Um, I'm definitely excited for it. I, it's nice to know. I, I wish they'd announce them earlier. That's a bad thing with Netflix. Sometimes they give you time and other times they're just like, oh, coming next month. Um, and they're like, oh, hell. And you're looking at your schedule of when we're podcasting and what are we covering a current show? Can we find, you know, sometimes it just works out in our, in our favor. And other times you're like, shit, um, it's not going to work. Like, did you know Altered Carbon comes out uh, later this month? Like the end of, oh gosh, is it the 27th or like 28th or something of this month? I knew Altered it was Carbon soon, season two. But I didn't know when. Oh man, yeah. that stinks. Yeah. I know. I, and uh, they've got... Uh, Oh, I can't remember what his name. He plays Falcon. Yes, uh, is and, in there, uh, which right. is pretty exciting. Because I really enjoy his stuff too. I know. Well, and he was in that one episode of Black Mirror. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, one that caused quite quite a stir um, the, in the last season of, of Black Mirror that we covered. Um, Anthony Mackie, it just came to me. Is That's that it, no, yeah. Is that it? Okay. I think so, yeah. Um, oh, God. Now I'm feeling like I need to Google it because I might be wrong. Oh, gosh. I have egg in my face. Um, I've had wine again tonight, guys, so forgive me. But um, so, yeah, I was really kind of bummed about that, that, you know, because we already – committed to a show which we're going to talk about later um that we're covering next after after you on netflix so you know we already committed to that so it's just not probably at least i don't think going to work out in our schedule so i'm kind of bummed about that because you know we enjoyed season one and i don't know i'll probably still watch it i just don't know if we'll be able to, to podcast on it or not if so we're going to be really late for sure but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll talk later about what we're going to cover next. Some of you may already know because I've been putting it out there. Um, but if not, if you're going to listen to us and find out, we'll talk about that later. But without further ado, why don't we go ahead and jump into our top five? Because I'm I'm dying to talk about this um, episode. It really, gosh, it, it blew me away um, those first couple minutes. So I'm, I want to go ahead and talk about it. I'm going to start off with my um, number five this week. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and start talking about 40. Um, right away, he's my number five. Um, I think the writers did a really good job of making him really despicable um, in the first few episodes. I mean, I know I ranted a little bit about him, <laughs> about him in the first couple of episodes and just always thinking to myself like, ugh, do I have to keep seeing this guy over and over again? Um, but then, it, you know, and it was so easy to write him off. And then in the end, he was one of the 
like last characters with the moral high ground. And, you know, when I felt so bad for him because there at the end when he's trying to get to love um, at the wedding and try to warn her and everyone else, you know, they're all like, you're drunk 40, go home, you know, and he's actually sober uh, for like the first time ever. This dude is sober. Um, So I I really hated um, how all of that ended up. I think we'll probably talk about, you know, how that ended a little bit, but I thought it was interesting, you know, that he, I wasn't quite sure how to take it. I want to kind of get your take on, because um, in the last few episodes, we really saw him and Joe, like they had some real bonding moments. Like they bonded over that whole acid trip that they had and they've, you know, had got this little bromance going and they've, you know, he, Forty was pulling for him when Miles was coming in, um, you know, and, and romancing love and was really trying to get him back in love's good graces and, you know, really pulling for him and even was like kept him there at Anavra um, and like, I, you know, hey, I spoke up for you, man, and I did what I could to keep you here and, you know, I want you here. And then he goes from that to then, you know, putting a gun to his head. <laughs> so do you think that that was kind of, realistic did you buy that did did it surprise you how quickly he turned on joe um i mean or not especially once he realized i think that he solved beck's crime and then Mm -hmm. knowing that i think going and seeing dr nikki too kind of confirmed a lot of that yeah and so it was really more of a you know a blood is thicker than water kind of scenario it's like yeah you know and probably feeling like you've been tricked too you know, here's, mm-hmm. you know, one, you, you brought this girl into my life that he fell in love with that you've taken away. And two, now you're trying to take away the other most important girl in my life, my sister. And, you know, not not only just taking her away, but realizing that he may kill her. And I don't know if, if Forty really understood how dark, I guess, love really was. Um, I, I feel like we do get the hint that he knew that she killed the babysitter. Yeah. But even then that I don't feel like that whole story got flushed out because, you know, when Forty was trying to take out Joe, you know, we see what happens. The the detective comes in and takes him out, so we don't really get to see all how that would transcribe. Because, you know, I still think we don't know if Forty could take a life, because at this point he hasn't. We don't know of him actually ever killing anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought that too. I thought um Cause I was pondering that I was like, man, dude, you were all up on Joe and, you know, you know, guy love happening there. And then all of a sudden you just flip on him. But then I was like, well, at the, at the end when he's, you know, telling love, he's like, now I'm protecting you. Like you've always protected me. I don't know if it was just that, you know, like switch that happened with him. Um, you know, when, he's the one that has to protect his sister instead of the other way around that he, you know, loves her enough to, to protect her. And that, like you said, you know, blood is thicker than water that like, even though he and Joe became really great friends and he was really pulling for him when it comes down to his sister being in danger and maybe his family being in danger, then all, you know, it's, it's all, all gloves are off. Um, so I don't know. I was just kind of pondering that a little bit, but I was so sad, um, to see how he ended up, um, thought he deserved better. Um, 
and I was just really bummed. And I, I thought that the writers did a really good job because I know I really disliked him those first couple episodes. And then to feel so terrible about how it ended up, I thought they did a really good job. So I was impressed with how they handled him and um, hated that. I'm going to miss his one-liners. Yeah. So good. Well, and this ties into my number three, which was 40 PI. You know, so he, he goes <laughs> and talks to Nikki, really trying to, I think, get more of a idea for the book but or the movie. And I wonder also if him going there was to try to kind of the idea of like, you know, I can't believe that Joe will, whatever his name is, the guy who I have this bromance with, if he would actually do the things that Candace was insinuating and now I'm starting to insinuate by tying all these loose ends together. Mm-hmm. And he goes and talks to this Dr. Nikki, I think expecting Dr. Nikki to be like, no, I killed Beck. I'm a horrible person. And like seeing a monster in jail and he didn't see that. And so everything that he didn't want to believe was true. And so that's when he went back. And, you know, it's probably one of those situations like a, a normal human being would probably go to the police. Uh, <laughs> yes. No but, one's doing that in this show. <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah. But I mean, if you also had the poll that the Quinn family has in LA, you could shoot this man right in your own restaurant or your own uh, grocery store and get away with it. You know, they've mm-hmm. got some kind of hold on the LAPD. We, that's not even really explained, which, you know, you think about the whole dark, weird stuff with love. Like maybe they, maybe that's why her mom hates her so much is because she's the one that's caused the family so much trouble. It's not, you know, trying to get these, you know, DUIs and stuff off the record. It's more of like trying to hide these dead bodies. I don't know for sure. Know. Um, you know, there was a reference to poison food technically. Uh, mm. But uh, it's, it, it, I, I feel the exact same way you did about 40 where, you know, it's a guy who at first you hate him and then he kind of starts to come clean and his past is really what probably caused his downfall. Because like you said, yeah. he comes there, he's trying to help out uh, love, and everybody's like, no, you're not ruining this day for people. Because obviously nobody's going to think he's coming there to tell people that this Will guy is a serial killer. Like that's not something people think is going to happen on a wedding day. Right. So they throw him out, kick him out, and because obviously why wouldn't you think he's high or drunk at that point? So uh, I hated that. Um, the way he died felt a tiny bit too cliché. You know, I, I don't know if it's because we knew there was a season three or what, but when he had the gun to Joe, I knew something was going to happen, not to Joe. I didn't think anything was going to happen to Joe, but, you know, I just, I really had this fearful thought that love might kill 40. I had um, that little bit of a suspicion too. I, I was really worried that would she go that far out of her love for Joe? And I, I thought, no, no, she wouldn't. But then I thought, I don't know. My gosh, maybe she would, because it got really tense there for a few seconds um, as she's standing there, you know, begging Forty not to pull the trigger. And I was like, oh my gosh, w- 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 would she clobber him over the head or something to to keep him from from shooting Joe? Um, would she do that? You know, Forty, whom she that's her twin, that's her brother. All she's done all her life is protect him. Um, would she actually turn against him for the man that she loves? You know, how, how is she feeling in that moment? Um, I was scared for a moment, but I was like, oh my gosh, I just don't think that she would. I just, I can't believe that something, but something's going to happen. Right. Um, and yeah, I just, I didn't even, I totally forgot about that damn cop, that, that Fincher guy out there. Um, yeah, they did a good job like sprinkling him in there. 
Which yeah, I did. So when when Forty had the gun on Joe, uh, Love came up to him and was like, "No, no, you can't." Yada yada yada. There was a weird scene which I was we've we've kind of mentioned some weirdness between those two, Forty and Love. Mm-hmm. That she's like, she says, no, we're pregnant. Or says, I thought she says we're pregnant while looking at him. And I wasn't sure if they're going to go like a Carnival Row, like Game of Thrones <laughs> route, because that's all the rave <laughs> these days. I'm glad yes. they didn't, because I think that would have made like oh. this whole thing even weirder. Because, yes. Because they did a good job of, you know, whenever uh, she shows up and tells Joe she's pregnant, she didn't, she never says it's his. Which I think the insinuation is it is, but she never did. Yeah. Well, she never really came out and said the baby's yours, Joe. But when she told Joe that she was pregnant and he when he this was in the storage locker um, and he says, well, are he says something to the effect of like, well, are is it really or are you sure it's and before he could finish, she goes, I made Milo use protection. So making it like it is yours because oh, gotcha. um, so that that was the assumption. So I'm I'm going to go with that because it's the less creepy as creepy as what this show gets um, and, and how far it will go. Yeah, and, and I don't, it's, it's craziness. I, I don't I, I'm not going to does that. Yeah, I'm I'm going to limit my um sh- you know, belief in uh incest in shows that have the incest and promoting the incestuous yeah. relationships. We've hit I've our quota on all that. We're we're good yeah. for at least a good decade and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm good for that for now. Well, at least until the new Game of Thrones spin-off. Oh, yeah, um, you're right. We're going to get a lot it's, of that it's, again, it's, aren't we? Because it's Targaryen centric. Yeah, and that's all they. It's all did. about the history of the Targaryens. That's that's that was their his. That's what they did. Sorry, guys, if that's a spoiler. Um, but yeah, just go freaking watch Game of Thrones. Shit. Yeah, skip the um, last season, just, but everything just, else up to that. <laughs> just just do it already. Shit, tired of tired of telling people. Just freaking do it. Do it or don't. And if and if you don't, then just you're gonna deal with spoilers. Um, but yeah, that's going to deal with the. I don't know the entire, but it's going to go pretty far back, I think, in some Targaryen history. So we're going to, I feel like it might go there again. How can we talk about Targaryens and not, you know, brothers and sisters marrying each other? Anyway, yeah, I've had my fill for now anyway. Um, So yeah, I didn't didn't go that route. Um, But yeah, that was, so your number five kind of tied into my number three, but my number five... Oh, let's hear it. I really just want to talk about the quick cleanup that they did in this episode. So mm-hmm. the the last episode, the the penultimate finished with, you know, we see uh love stabbed Candace. Um and you kinda she did. you know, think at that point, like, okay, like what's like we still didn't know who killed Delilah. But they did a really good job of being like not hiding that, not making that kind of this elephant in the room for the whole episode. Right away, we find all this out, and it becomes almost like a sitcom, you know, couples argument type of show at that point. <laughs> because, you know, Joe's trapped with this dead Delilah. There's another dead girl in the hallway, and Love is telling her about this plan she has to frame Ellie. And she's like, Well, let me finish because it's a great plan. And so I like that they kind of skipped over like any kind of weird, like, um, not weird, but more uh, hijinksy type stuff. It was like, okay, here's the situation. 
We find out right away that love killed Delilah too because Delilah's going to ruin everything. And it really just kind of cleaned everything up really quick. I still, I'm still not 100% sure I understand how they got rid of both the bodies. I feel like that was kind of glossed over a little bit. Yeah. Last we saw Delilah, she was in the cage and Candace was in love's trunk. Yeah. So I'm not sure. And obviously it's been like six to eight months um, when we end this episode because Mm -hmm. uh, love is showing a little bit Uh, and they've bought a home, which if you know, if you try to buy a home, you can't do it really quick. Take some time financing and all that. Uh, But I'm sure Will Bettenheim has a pretty good uh, credit rating. If not, you contact the real (laughs) Will and he'll hook him up. Oh, I bet it was uh, the Quinn Quinn money, family money that that got him that house. But I I, I just like that they had really good pacing with this. It it seemed to, it didn't seem like there's any point where you're like checking your clock or checking how much time's left. Like each piece, it felt like a really good like three act structure for a final episode. So I really liked that pacing. I really liked how they kind of tidied this up a little bit, even though they left some stuff out on what happened. So I'm not sure if that would come back to bite him or not. Uh, but I really enjoyed the pacing of this episode. Yeah, it moved along really quick. Um, I feel like even more so during my second watch, uh, whenever I watched it earlier, I was like, oh, wow, that that went a lot faster um, than what I remember that it did. Um, yeah, that, <laughs> well, that's talked a little bit about my number four. So I'll just go ahead and, and chime in with that. And that's where we get confirmation from love that she did take out the au pair as we suspected. We've kind of talked about that um, early on. And then we thought, well, okay, so maybe we're wrong then because 40 copped up to it during their acid trip when they're locked in the hotel room writing the script. So we were like, oh shit, it wasn't love. It was 40. Um, Okay. You know, I was kind of like, well, okay, I guess I have to believe that because that's what they're telling us. But did that really happen that way? Well, no, it didn't. Um, Love was a a young psychopath at the age of 13 um, and decided to take out the au pair when she decided uh, that the girl uh, was just disgusting. And she, you know, 40 is only 13. Um, This girl is introducing him to drugs. And she says that he was, that she was a rapist, which technically she was, she was 19, 40 was 13. That's a no, no relationship um, and not appropriate. Even if 40, you know, didn't believe that, even if he, you know, felt that was his first love, which what 13 year old would not be thrilled to go out with a 19 year old. It's not, and I'm not saying that it's okay, but I'm just saying, you know, that would be like, whoa. I mean, yeah. Um, what, what boy wouldn't think that that was, you know, okay. What do they know? They're only 13 years old and they're thinking with their penis, not their brain. Um, cause that's all that's kind of happening at 13, right? I, I've never been a 13 year old boy, but what, what little I know about 13 year old boys. Yeah. I don't think that ever really stops though. I think that's what you're always thinking. with. Okay. Maybe, maybe, but I feel like that's, that's really kind of just raging at the moment, you know, at 13. Um, so of course he doesn't understand. And it sounds like that they're, Parental guidance wasn't up to par, you know, from what they were getting from their parents. So well, how I mean, would they their, know it? Or how parents, would he know any better? Their parents were going on the, like these swinging adventures, you know, like I feel like that was a pretty common occurrence in that household or at least those discussions. So, you know, you have these right. kids who are by themselves and there's a babysitter who likes to do drugs and... um 
I don't, I don't know. Well, the parents, at least the mom does smoke weed that we know of, but was there other stuff going on in that house too with drugs that you don't know about? I mean, who knows, but it's, it's kind of sad to think about how, how 40 kind of just spiraled all the time with his addiction and to think that it, it started all back when he was only 13. Um, and you know, with, with what happened, even though he, I don't know, this is what, this, this is my feelings on it. I feel like even when, you know, as a 13 year old boy and that you would, you don't see this relationship that you had with this au pair as wrong. You think it was like your first love. I feel like you're, that's still going to totally screw you up. Um, cause you just, you don't, you're, you don't have that maturity level to like deal with a sexual relationship. You're only 13 years old. And when something like that happens to you, um, you, you know, you, you just can't process that. And it just, it just messes you up. It just does. Um, so even though he thinks it's okay, I think that deep down he really knows that it's not okay. And that's kind of part of why he was so messed up, not to mention the fact that, okay, then he wakes up and he's covered in blood and there's his you know, babysitter dead and he thinks that he did it. Now I'm curious as to when he, he realized that it wasn't him, that it was love because in the, during the acid trip, he goes, it was me, but I don't know if he was saying that because he felt like he was responsible for her death. Oh yeah. Maybe, Um, you know, like because we had this relationship, you know, love did this, you know, or something, or when he really came to that realization that wasn't really clear, um, in that episode, but yeah, love at 13, um, she was a take charge kind of girl and decided right away that she was going to do whatever it takes. And she said that in this episode, I, you know, done whatever it takes um, for as long as I can remember to, um, to protect my family. Um, And that's what she did here. And her parents covered it up. Um, I don't know if that's just one, one way. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of people in LA with money. What makes the Quinn so special that they have the LAPD bought, as she says, that you know they can cover things up? I don't know. Um, but it was really interesting to hear that whole confessional from Love when we find out that she is just as sneaky as Joe. She snatches his keys to the locker, finds his cage um, in the storage locker, locker, reads Beck's book puts all the pieces together about who Joe really was and is thrilled because she confirms how, or she confirms her initial thoughts about him when she's like, you know, I've, I just felt right away that there was something about you, um, this special connection that, that they had and someone that she could really, you know, kind of be herself with. And then that's confirmed when she's like, oh, wow, he's got a cage and he, you know, he, and didn't she, she call him a genius or something like that? She mentioned something like you're able to uh, summon genius because she says Beck never would have done this book without you you pushing her. Hmm. And, by, and that was essentially by locking her in the cage. So she's like totally going along with everything that he's done, like everything that you've done. You know, she basically rationalizes it just like Joe has done. And it it was so hilarious to me as she's, you know, talking about all this. And it's it's. You know, Joe's like, oh my gosh, I think I broke you, you know, because, you know, what, what, what you're saying is true. I killed Henderson. I killed Beck. And then he looks over Delilah and he kind of motions and he's like, and, and, you know, I killed Delilah. And she's just kind of shaking her head and she's crying and she's like, no, I killed her. And I was like, oh shit, she killed her. Um, And then Joe's like moment, it just cracked me up when he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, it's funny because it's like he's it's kind of like I don't know what you would consider it, but it's like when you if you're in a relationship with somebody like, "Oh, wait, you're you're not really what I thought you were." Because she's going on about this and like he's in a cage, right? He can't get out. She's like, "Well, we're soulmates." And he's just like, "Oh <laughs> shit, what the fuck?" And she's like, "Please say something." And in that moment, I just wish he was like, "Uh, I I wolf you." <laughs> that would have that would have been like what Beck did when he had Beck locked up in there. That's probably exactly what he needed to do um, to get her um, the, to kind of get get back on his side. Well, that but, was going on too. One of the things I, that kind of kept triggering in my mind was how uh, he had. It's been mentioned in here a couple times where damage finds damage. Mm-hmm. And then also there was a part where Candace said that he'd face himself. Yep. And so that's really was kind of a good callback here because he like she's literally him, maybe oh, with yeah. a smaller body count that we know of, but definitely yeah. him. Yeah, as far as I know, she's got well three, um, and I think he's got like seven. I'd have to go back and count, S- something so. like that that we know of. Yeah, yeah, but I don't that, know if yeah, like, that we know. If it's like a couple that murders together, stays, stays together? together. I don't know. They're gonna have a hell of a love story to tell their tell their kid. Oh yeah. So I, you know, your mom and I fell in love when she locked me up in my own cage, um, and she confessed to murder after she um, killed my ex girlfriend um, and killed my neighbor. Yeah, um, that I was. And after banging. I had, com- yeah, <laughs> that I was sleeping with, and and you know, after I had confessed to her about you know the people that I had killed, um, and then li- we moved to the burbs and lived happily ever after. Yeah, it was weird though. All of our neighbors started dying in random ways. Yeah, real strange how that happens. <laughs> yeah, did you know that houses, when people die, they they go down in value? We basically own this whole block, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's that's what I want to talk about a little bit. I'll, I'll probably talk a little bit more about some of the things that she says because I feel like it all kind of comes back around. Um, but just that holy shit moment after she killed Candace and comes back in there and basically confesses how she was essentially doing the same thing as Joe. And I I had a feeling there was more to love than what we were seeing. Like there was something under the surface. Um, but I, I wasn't quite prepared for how deep it went. So quite a surprise and quite a nice, for me anyway, nice little twist. So that's my number four. Uh, my number four, I don't know if there's a lot to really talk about, but um, there's a lot of emotions getting pulled from Ellie in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I don't, like, Joe gets really, not really angry, but very forceful with her, like, you have to leave. Delilah's not coming back. And yeah. Ellie, Ellie didn't take that quite as good as I thought she would, or I guess as bad as I thought she would. It was just kind of like... And that's one of the parts where I feel like it probably should have been flushed out a little bit more because Joe says, I'm trying to save you from the Quins. And he tells her to go to Florida. He's going to send her money, all this other stuff. And she's just kind of like, okay, and leaves. So I don't know. And we do see a letter that he is sending her money, and she's like, send me the same amount. So I don't know if this is like a Paco situation where, or if it's more like this is hush money. But she's essentially finding out that her sister was murdered and instead of looking for any kind of revenge or anything against that, she just leaves. Did is there anything you got from that, or am I still? Are you still in the kind of the same boat I am that it seemed a little awkward? 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you. It it seemed just like we're missing something there. I just felt um I mean, I I feel like she had an appropriate emotion or reaction to finally kind of realizing that her sister was dead. But I think she's also been kind of sitting with that for a couple of days. I mean, Delilah, I feel, gosh, the, the time timing gets kind of skewed um, because I feel like it, it, it all kind of runs together. And I'm only, you know, we're only watching it week to week. So it feels like it's longer than what it really is. So I don't really understand the time frame. But I feel like Delilah has at least been gone a couple of days or missing a couple of days. And she she was questioning early on if she was really dead or not. So I feel like she's had some time to really sit with it and probably believe that that's really what happened to her. So I don't know if she's already kind of reconciled that fact. And, and now that she really knows it, she's maybe already felt those emotions. I don't know. But I still feel like she had a pretty appropriate reaction to that. But yeah, it was really kind of strange when, you know, Joe is like, you know, Delilah's gone. She's not coming back. Um, the Quins are powerful people. It almost seemed like it was a threat to her. And I was curious. I don't know if it's because, um, you know, Forty was dredging things up and and being crazy in the way he was talking, the way that he, you know, the things he was talking about. Um, and Joe was like, you know, you need to get out of here. I don't know if it's his way of protecting Ellie by getting her out of L.A. Um, was it to protect her because of what she knew? And that he was, you know, fearful that something could happen to her because that's why love killed Delilah was to protect Joe because she felt that Delilah was, you know, not going to not tell or go rat Joe out and and report him to the police or something. You know, she was scared and if she got out, she was going to go to the police. I don't I don't know that I really believed her when she said I won't tell anyone. And and I wonder, too, if I mean, Joe knew the plan that. Uh, she was going to frame Ellie. And maybe, so as I'm thinking of this a little bit more, because one of the other notes is, and it was a really quick scene, but we find out that Joe grew up in a, a youth home. Yep. And so we don't know what happened there, but it didn't seem like it was anything good because he didn't really seem to like look back fondly on those. But knowing that if they pin this on Ellie, Ellie is underage, so if she gets caught and convicted, she'll go to like a youth home like he did. And then the things that happened to him may happen to her. So right, I you're right. If- he, I think that he definitely wanted. He was trying to, I think, protect her from the system, and maybe um, the Quins too, because he did say he's protecting her from the Quins, not just love. But maybe the Quins know how to get things going to get convictions gone the right way, so that it's it won't ruin her life per se. Quote ruin her life because she'll be out when she's mm-hmm. eighteen. But it's definitely going to set her up for a lot of trauma. Um, I don't know. It's, it's like I said, it's still a little vague, but that's kind of the only thing that makes sense to me right now. Well, and something that, that Joe is, he's contemplating um, after love talks about, you know, it's okay. We'll frame Ellie, but we'll lawyer her up with the best lawyers. Um, you know her you know she won't get convicted because of lack of evidence the whole thing will go away joe's name will get taken out of it um delilah's you know body will show up with a suicide note and everything will be fine and ellie will be fine and then joe is you know thinking to himself um in the in the cage he goes what was it did he say 
Oh shoot. I lost it. But when he says, um, Oh, do I really trust, uh, love to have Ellie's best interest in mind? And he turns around and sees Delilah's dead body laying there and he's like, Nope. And (laughs) I, I kind of, kind of laughed a little bit at that. Um, poor Delilah RIP. Um, but so he he doesn't really trust that love would have Ellie's interests at heart. So he's he's taking control back from love because he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't like love's plan at all to to frame Ellie um, and and think that it's going to work out according to her. So he's taking back control and telling Ellie like you have to get out of here because the Quins are powerful people. Um, and they're going to, you know, he thinks that love is really going to try and make this go down, but he doesn't think it's going to go out the way that she thinks. So he's taking back control and saying love's going to, or that, you know, you need to get out of here. The Quins are powerful people. Number one, number two, he also wants her to get to Florida and get away because it's also, if she actually did get like, go on trial or something or not even a trial, but if they somehow whitewashed it and she got away scot-free, she's still a minor and she's still going to have to go into the system at least for a couple of years until she turns 18. And he doesn't want that same life for her that he had uh, because he went through the same thing when he was a kid. So this is his way of she can go and live on her own, which I'm still sitting here thinking, dude, she's only 15. I know she's almost 16 and she keeps telling people over and over in the show. But, I mean, can you imagine living in a state um, across the country? I mean, they're in California going all the way to Florida. And, you know, you have no friends. You have no family. Um, what do you do? You well, know? I mean, I mean yeah, he's sending her too, money. How do, you, how do you get a place to rent? How do, I mean, none of that stuff is very easily accessible for a 15-year-old. So you're probably going to end up falling into people who are going to see that and take advantage of it. So I don't know if maybe he's hooked her up with something from Will maybe so a fake identity I, mean, I guess I don't remember if he did say something about that but he said he said he would hook her up with a fake ID because she's almost 16 so she she would almost be at the right age to be getting her driver's license anyway um, but still yeah he there would have to be I bet he probably put the apartment in his name or something or gave her a fake um, ID where she is like 18 or 21 maybe or 18 something. but yeah still being able to establish um you know, being able to drive, having a vehicle, how she, you know, just how is she living and what is she doing? It just blows my mind that, I mean, I don't know, was that really the best option for her? I don't know. I just, I feel terrible for her. That poor girl deserved better. She's lost her entire family. She's sent off to Florida for her trouble. Um, I feel, feel really bad. And, and when she looks at Will and Oh, I'm calling him Will again, Joe, um, and says, you know, you ruined my life. You know, he, he did, he ruined that poor girl's life and all he, you know, and it was, they had this, you know, weird little friendship, you know, that they had formed, you know, where he was, she was making him, you know, watch all of these old movies and stuff that she loved. And he was making her read books, um, that he loved, you know, um, so it's a shame to see how that kind of came to be. And I feel really bad for Ellie and I'm curious if she'll be in season three at all, or if we'll hear from her again or get any kind of update about her. She'll get mentioned in season three at least. So. Well, I kind of hope we get like her and like Paco back. Cause I feel like Paco is somebody that's uh needs to make a comeback. Yeah. Paco is cool. But, anyway. but yeah, that's my number four is just kind of Ellie and her storyline. 
Yeah, feel bad for Ellie. I just didn't like how all that went down either. And I just, yeah, I thought that was kind of weird too. That just that scene, like you said, with them when he's giving her money and telling her to go. And it just seemed like she was just... I don't know. Maybe she thought that was her only solution too. She's like, well, if I stay here, I, I could get in trouble with the cops because they think I did it. Um, or I can go into the system and be in foster care or group homes. Uh, maybe going off to Florida is her best bet, um, or at least until she can figure something out in the meantime, maybe just go and um, gather her thoughts, get a plan and then do something. So I don't know. Felt terrible though. She was a sweet girl. Smart. I like it. Uh, well, my number three <laughs> talked a little bit about, I want to kind of go back to um, after Love confesses to Joe when he's in the cage and he does have that moment. He's sitting there and he's like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> that she exposes her true self. You know, Love tells Joe who she really is, which according to her, he should have seen the whole time because she was right there um, in in his face the whole time. Well, I mean, we don't know. Maybe she has an invisible hat too. Maybe she might. Um, why not? Um, but I just, I thought that was a really funny moment. Cause I thought that was really all of us because I know after hearing all of that about love, I was just like, I was saying that to myself too. Like what? And it's so ironic that he has this body count of what do we say? Like seven people. We, I think just off the top of my head. And he's the one balking at love because, you know, but Joe, I, you know, I killed the au pair to protect my family and to protect my brother. And this is why I did it. And this is why it makes sense. Um, you know, I'm not a bad person. I didn't want to do this. And, and I killed Delilah because I knew that she was going to stand between you and me and keep us from getting what we really wanted. Don't you see, I did this for, for us. And this is what made sense. And he's going, you're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> I'm just laughing my That's- ass off. When Joe is the most sane person in a locked up cage, you know something awful's happening. I know. And it's, I mean, and she has a point, you know, he saw what he wanted to see in love. You know, he he makes up these fantasies of who he wants or that person to be or who he thinks that person is. And when they show them true self, when he, they show their true selves, he freaks out and he kills them, you know, like Beck, he almost killed love until she revealed that she was pregnant. You know, he had this whole made up image of who Beck was, you know, in his head. And, and until she truly, when she, you know, revealed herself, when he finally saw her for who she really was and he was really disappointed and didn't like it, he killed her and he justified it and rationalized, uh, you know, why it made sense. And then the same thing with love, when she comes out to be someone who, you know, wasn't this fantasy in his head, you know, that he had worked out, he was getting ready to kill her too. Um, and I, I believe, fully believe that he would have had she not revealed that she was pregnant. Um, but I just, I thought that was so interesting because I thought, are are you kidding? Um, you, you, you do the exact same thing. It's like you said, she is the yin to your yang. Yep. She, she is doing the exact same thing that you're doing and you're rationalizing it saying that, you know, you're, you know, like, um, he killed Benji for Beck's sake, you know, and he killed Peach because she was she was spying on Beck and she wasn't good for her. And so he was protecting her and doing it in her own best interest. And Love is sitting here telling him that she's done the same thing. And he's like, but you're crazy, <laughs> you know. 
And I was cracking up and it's just so hilarious, you know, to see how deep it goes with them um, and how love really just kind of calls him out on it. She's like, you know, how can you be so upset with me, you know, when I've done the exact same thing that you have and had you not made up this fantasy in your head, you know, she's like, well, I saw you for who you really are. You just saw some fantasy when I've been here this whole time. And I just, I thought that was great. So I just thought, but I I really thought Joe's reaction was, was very interesting the entire time that he was in, in the cage (laughs) until he got out. So Anyway, I, I just had to talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, I really thought that was – it was kind of uh, – whenever you talk about like people getting like deer in the headlights, like that's the ex- – and <laughs> the, the guy who plays Joe has such great acting with his eyes that it was really on display in that scene. But uh, So my number three we already talked about was 40 PI. So uh, what was your number two? Well, my number two is Ellie, actually. Oh, okay. So I've already talked about her. I chimed in with your um, thoughts that you had, and that was, I think I've said about everything that I wanted to say. So that actually just leave, gets, oh, God, or, I think I'm at my number one already. Yeah, so I got my number two. Which, okay, let's hear your number uh, two. We, we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but I just titled it Death and a Funeral. So <laughs> the part that was really kind of interesting about this is they're having this argument, and it's just like like this is – the the argument they were having is like a couple argument, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you're, you're arguing about this thing in this sense, it's something extremely serious, but most of the time it's it not. You're just and, bickering, bickering yeah. about who didn't take out the trash or something. Exactly. <laughs> and in this moment, she's like, you know what? And I still have to make a cake. I have a cake for a wedding I have to make. And so. I don't have time to debate dead bodies with you right now. <laughs> I have to go make a wedding cake. <laughs> in that moment, too, it's like their first big fight. And he said something. They're like, you killed Delilah. And she's like, you killed a fucking celebrity. I know. I, I was thinking the exact. I'm laughing because I'm sitting here watching this, thinking at the absurdity of the moment, thinking that, oh, yeah. you know, because you, you can, you can, if you just change the words and the dialogue, it's like any, like you said, any couple uh, married or not, it's together and they're having this little bickering argument. Um, but instead, they're sitting here like, you know, well, you killed Delilah. You, I wouldn't have to if you hadn't killed a fucking celebrity. And you're just like, this is so absurd right now. But it was, it was such an interesting moment too. So they're at this wedding and their friends are getting married. And, you know, in all this stuff, like Joe Reel's like, oh my God, I do, I do woof this girl. And they have a a moment there. And I just felt like at this time, too, they should have. So I I basically said there's nothing like going to a wedding because the weddings Mm -hmm. are pretty emotional. I mean, you know, you're I cried. I cried watching this wedding. (laughs) I I didn't cry. Like usually TV weddings don't make me cry. Real life weddings do. Mm -hmm. Because of like, oh, you poor bastards. (laughs) Dumbasses. What are you doing? (laughs) It's so beautiful. Um, but I also thought like, it's funny. So like they have this whole thing and it's almost like, oh, I love you. Let's just go get rid of some dead bodies now. Like all yeah. is forgiven. We got to go. We got Candace. She's awful ripe in the trunk back there. Yeah. We got to take care smell. of that. Um, but one thought as this wedding was going on too, I just saw it on my notes. So we know when Joe was going on his acid trip that love meets him in the hallway and she throws up, right? Mm-hmm. We assume that she threw up because she was drinking. <gasps> and the vomit was glittering. 
I don't yeah. know if that was a little trail. Like, I maybe she was drinking. She didn't know she was pregnant, but I kind of wonder if the glowing vomit had some kind of hint to be like, oh, it's glittering. She's vomiting. Pregnant woman vomit. I don't know. I just I just had a random thought with that when I saw that. I don't know. Do you have any? Is that kind well, of a silly thought or? It's not a silly thought. And like I said, the the timing of this. I, I can't quite pinpoint how much time has passed, but clearly it's enough time for her to um, get pregnant, realize she could be pregnant, and she took a test. And she said that she had just taken the test, and then she finds Delilah in the cage. Um, so I don't... And that was... Oh, the that was the night that they were on their acid trip because she followed 40 and Joe to the storage unit, um, hid from Joe after he had visited Delilah. I'm guessing he delivered some Cheetos to her or just checked in on her. Maybe we know that he was there, but we don't know exactly for what or whatever. We just know Delilah confirmed he was just here. He said it was high on drugs or something. He's going to be back, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, and she said, well, I just found the, or I just taken my test and, um, found out I was pregnant, and then I found Delilah, and I knew that she was going to ruin, you know, everything for us and for our baby. So that's how she justified killing um, Delilah, and that she was going to stand in the way. So, so we know that enough time for for that has passed. I think that makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, they call it morning sickness, but I'm going to tell you what it is: morning, noon, night, every hour of the day, sickness. At least that's what it was like for me. Um, I was sick all the time. It wasn't just morning. Um, it was all the time. And then just a random smell would make me bleh, mm. um, disgusting. Um, so yeah, I think that makes sense. There was, and then she threw up um, right before she killed Candace too. You could probably relate some of that to, was she drinking too much and that caused her to throw up? Was she so disgusted when she sees uh, Joe and Delilah dead there and then she's and then she's dealing with Candace and she's like, oh shit, now I gotta clean this up too. And she's just sick with that thought. I mean, Joe was throwing up when um he was uh bundling Benji up in the rug. So Yeah, I still feel that like too. that doesn't make much sense to me. He's seen enough dead bodies I would think he'd be used <laughs> to it, but I don't know. Do you ever really get used to that though? And if you do, I, damn. Good point. I guess I guess some serial killers do. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was a good thought. I didn't think tie that together until now. So good observation. But yeah, that was, uh, just kind of, you know, nothing helps couples more than weddings and a funeral. Yeah, it was. And when she says, um, would it be weird if I asked you to, to come to the wedding with me? <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, you guys were literally just sitting here arguing, um, Joe thought you were trying to poison him with a muffin. He tries to stab you in the throat with handcuffs and hey, babe, they deserve wanna, each other. That's all be my is. date for the wedding. I'm just like, oh my God, this is so absurd. I'm just, I'm cracking up. Um, good stuff. All right. Well, let's get to this ending. Um, cause that's my number one. I want to talk about how, how all of this wraps up. So the wedding was beautiful. Just by the way, I thought it was nice. I did. 
I, I had a couple little tears. It's like, oh, that was really sweet. I thought their vows were really, really sweet. I think Love's Friends, they had their silly little quirks and, you know, eccentricities, um, you know, in different lifestyles and stuff that, that we're kind of used to where, where we're from. Um, but I thought it was really sweet. I thought that they really loved each other and thought it was really sweet. So I, I hope that they get their nice, happy little ending. I'm glad Will, uh, the real Will got his happy ending, um, in the Philippines. Um, so it was nice that there were some happy endings here. Um, and it was kind of, you know, it seemed like Joe was coming to the conclusion of, you know, um, that, you know, maybe this is what I want. Maybe this, you know, this can happen. And, you know, because he knows he's going to be a father, this is, you know, kind of what he needs to do. But, you know, we, we talked a lot or well, we didn't talk a lot. We, we might've talked about it a little bit, but during the show, um, crime and punishment is mentioned a lot. Um, the, the book is shown a lot. I mean, in the, in the premiere episode, um, it's talked about a lot and it's, you just keep seeing it pop up and you keep hearing, um, Will talk about it a lot. And he even says, um, you know, there at the end, he says, uh, in Crime and Punishment, the hero willingly walks into exile. He is killed, but he's also found love. And if he repents, he can be redeemed. He and the woman he loves can be saved. You can't save someone from themselves. We wanted to with 40. The grief was rough, the grief was rough at first, but his last, last gift to me was when uh, heroic Officer Fincher started to look at him for Henderson's murder. The Quinn machine shut it down, made any future investigation radioactive. Side effect wiped my slate clean. Not that the real slate can ever be clean, but it's hard to stay sad when there's new life growing. And here I am. No one can absolve me. I got to do the time. Not every Siberia is cold. Some are 73 and sunny with eco-conscious landscaping. I'm ready to meet my daughter. I'm ready to be the good father I never had. To make the family I always dreamed of, the one she deserves. It's funny how fate works. I had no idea that the cage I was building all this time was a trap for me. And then I found myself here, locked in. I thought this was the end. So I thought it was really interesting um, that for me, the end of season two does make sense. Crime and punishment was a theme throughout the season. And like I said, the book is is shown a lot and referenced often uh, throughout this uh, the season two. And suffering occurs, I, I find this to be true um, in a lot of things. So suffering occurs when you face your truth, like Joe did when Candace was confronting him, when Candace had him locked in the cage, and he seems to be having these aha moments about who he really was, right? He's like, oh my oh, God, yeah. uh-huh. I, I'm I'm this bad person. And, he, and, and you're like, oh damn, Joe's really having a revelation here. So it's, it's then that he's decided that he... You know, because he hasn't actually been caught for his crimes, he willingly welcomes his own punishment. And out of guilt, if you don't get punished, you punish yourself before it finds you. And he didn't want to really truly end up with love. Um, I, but to get out of the conflict, it's what he did. You know, it's to get out of the conflict that they had and also to get out of the conflict of, you know— Going against the Quinn machine as what he was telling Ellie, there's no way out for him. And so he's accepting like his punishment because he feels that that's what's deserved of him. Um, so that's what he does. He's inflicting this pun- what he sees as punishment, living, you know, moving to the suburbs with, um, with love. Um, and, you know, it's very uh, like what you're saying is very reminiscent of what Dr. Nikki was saying, too. Yeah. I, and yeah, I have that in my notes that it's really a parallel with Dr. Nikki that even though Dr. Nikki is not guilty of killing Beck, 
he feels that he deserves to be in prison based on the fact that he did do bad things in his life. Um, he cheated on his wife. He feels he destroyed his family, all of these things. Um, so he feels that, you know, hey, I might not have killed Beck, but I deserve to be where I am. Um, so I felt like that was, yeah, a parallel there as well with kind of like where Joe's at that, you know, and I, I, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of true sometimes. Um, I mean, lots of people may not feel that way, but I, I feel like um, it, it, it just makes sense to me that, you know, if, if instead of being caught the way that you feel that you should, but you still feel like you deserve to be punished, you, you inflict that punishment on yourself. Um, and I feel that's kind of what Joe is doing. So it, it'll be kind of interesting to see where we go with season three. Um, you know, jo- love is very pregnant, um, cause I, I thought, I thought she was faking, man. I thought I was borderline thinking that too, mm. but I don't I think mean, we know of her as a liar though. She, I mean, she's a complete sociopath and just as crazy as Joe for sure. But she's at least, I think for the most part, as much as what she can be honest about it. Um, and she doesn't lie about it. Um, so, but, but I was like, well, she says it just in that moment when Joe's getting ready to kill her. So what's the one thing that's going to save her by saying that she's pregnant? Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, no way can you be pregnant, but she really was pregnant. So she's very pregnant, uh, with, with their child and, you know, living in suburbia. So it will be kind of interesting to see, uh, where this goes. And then, you know, there at the very end when Joe's kind of going through his narrative and he's sitting in the backyard and Joe, as I mentioned earlier, he has to be in control um, completely to feel like himself. And he feels like he's just completely lost control of the situation. He's been forced into the situation by the Quins, by love, um, and also forced by him to himself too to kind of suffer um, in, in the position that he's, he's put himself in because he, he knows that he's kind of put himself there and he's going to, just going to go ahead and punish himself Um but he has to be in control. And that's where I think this mysterious neighbor comes in. His Choosing his next fix, victim kind of gives him a sense of control that um, he doesn't feel when he's with love and her powerful family. So um, I'm interested to see where we go with season three. Who is this mysterious neighbor? I have, I've heard some theories. So I don't know. I want to get your thoughts on, on the ending of this. And, and I think we can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's so my number one is just, hey, you, uh, because, you know, we see a very, you've kind of already hit everything. You see a very pregnant love. You see him sitting down with a book and he just happens to look over a little bit of a hole in his fence and walks over that way. And I wouldn't be surprised if as we were looking at these houses, Joe hadn't already pre-picked this house for the specific reason of who the neighbor was. Yep. Uh, Joe, as we've were tricked in the first episode of the season. He doesn't just have things happen. It's kind of like him being in control and him forcing things to happen. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, you know, it's kind of one of those things that I didn't know if we're going to get like a Bonnie and Clyde with these two or what, but to see Joe get kind of off scot-free, have a clean slate and have a pregnant wife with a kid on the way. And he is still looking over the fence being like, Oh Yeah. Uh, you're over there, aren't you? Is very telling of this guy. Like, if again, if you thought to me again, if you think that the only deaths he's ever caused are the ones that we've seen on screen so far, I would say you're naive because I think this guy's got a huge list of a body bag 
our huge list of people he's murdered that we're probably going to find out as these seasons go on. I mean, who knows what what truths will be um, out in the open now? I mean, I don't know. I think it's just really interesting that he's uh, ended up with someone who who knows the real Joe. Like she had him investigated, you know. Which I mean, we knew were, was probably going to happen eventually, right? Because she she did talk about that, and it's like we, we knew that was going to happen. Um, we can't well, just throw out this private investigator and what if she what if look up she Joe. doesn't care that he does that stuff too. What she if she wants him to apparently. do that to be happy? You know, it's like, oh, you, oh, you're going out, okay, sweetie. Well, you know, good hunting. Be home by ten. <laughs> you know? Leave your leave your blood shoes at the door. I told you to leave your bloody shoes in the mud room and not oh, Joe, wear them Joe, the house. Joe, don't forget your favorite brick. <laughs> oh, don't forget your hat, <laughs> your invisibility hat. <laughs> she puts it on. Oh, can't see you. Oh, now I can see you. Oh, can't see you. Now I can see you. Where'd Joe go? Oh, there he is. Where'd Joe go? (laughs) But I haven't heard any of the theories about who people think it is. Do you want to share those? The only one I keep hearing over and over is a lot of people are speculating that it's Joe's mom. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. that. Yeah. I feel like that would be a little bit too on the nose. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. That's not what came to my mind. I mean, I just thought, oh. There's just some mysterious stranger that he's uh, now fa- – it's his new fascination. Yeah, just some random. You know, um, but a lot of people are like, oh, no, it's it's his mom. And he mm. – they purposely – or he purposely chose that house um, because, he, you know, he found out that his, his mom lived there. Yeah, but I guess with the I real name, she probably wouldn't know that it's Joe. Yeah, I'm curious – but would he still have to go by Bettelheim? Because the reason he was changing his name was to get away from Candace, and um, she's gone. I don't know. I'm trying to think of why else he might need to continue to go by an alias. I don't know. But I don't know. I don't. I, I think at this point it's just someone that's piqued his interest. This person is a reader. Had they had an interesting pile of books sitting next to them, and they're writing notes. I don't know if it's like a writer or someone, but clearly someone that has caught his fascination once again. And I feel like it's probably not just someone too random. I feel like he's probably kind of planned it out um, some way because again, it's like his need to be in control. Um, I think he's striving for some type of control and that's um you know and maybe he doesn't maybe it is just you know i'm stuck here in suburbia i'm just gonna latch onto this and you know mystery neighbor because i i do have the need to be in control again um i don't know i hope we don't have to wait too long we still don't have we know season three is happening but i haven't heard any um like notices of release dates i don't think we're gonna know for a long time i didn't even know friggin' season two was coming out until about three or four weeks before it friggin' came out they announced yeah. it it's like oh hell imdb showing 2021 but again that could be so far out it's just probably a guess but if if i had to say i'd probably say like maybe early mid 2021 yeah because this was what released right after christmas right it was like Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Christmas week, I think. Yeah. Like the 26th of December, I believe. So who knows? Um, I don't know, though. That was that was a hell of an ending. It was good. Yeah. And the only real note I have, you kind of mentioned it, but it was, you know, we kept thinking that love poisoned her first husband. Uh And when she brings him some food, he kind of looks to go to eat it. 
but she stop he stops and you can see that she's like oh i didn't poison it like there was kind of like this it was, i don't know if it was almost like a wink to the audience if like oh yeah you probably thought she was poisoning people <laughs> wink wink well she's not poisoning joe um but that was the main note i had that we hadn't really touched on well, we know that she's not above screwing around with the food. She That's she true. switched the salt and the sugar around. Um, she was happy to do that. Um, I have a few notes that we haven't already talked about, or at least um, this first one, uh, a good line. Or a good line, interesting line. I don't know. It left me feeling a little weird when um, Forty is telling... Joe, he's putting that little flower in his hair as he's getting ready to go see Delilah. And he's like, think of me when you fuck Delilah. And uh, Oh, yeah, that was kind of weird. I was like, oh, dude, okay. Maybe there is a little bit of a thing, a little bit of a, a man crush thing he might have on him. Um, but And that's fine, but it was just kind of weird. It's like, why, why would you want him to do that? Um, I thought it was funny, the shout out to the free Dr. Nikki subreddit. I think that really exists. <laughs> <laughs> when Dr. Nikki's in prison, he's like, what are you, one of those people from the Dr. Nikki subreddit, you know, a fan or a conspiracy theorist or whatever? And I thought, I think that really exists. I'm going to have to look that up to be sure. Um, no, I haven't done that yet. I already talked about Dr. Nikki and those parallels. I'm curious how the hell did love, I, I feel like I, you can't nitpick and take it too seriously. I try not to take the show too seriously, but when I saw Candace in the back of love's car, I'm like, how the hell did she move that body? How, how do people seem to move dead bodies around with ease? I am in fairly decent shape. I could definitely work out more. I have let myself go just a little bit and I haven't been practicing, um, you know, um, as much other than my craft classes twice a week, I'm not really doing a whole lot of working out. I'm trying to get better in the last couple of weeks. I've really been like, you know, damn it, Rima, get your ass in gear. So I am trying to pick back up on that, but I've slacked off for sure. And right now I'm hauling my dog around, um, one of my dogs. Um, and of course it's my bigger dog, Nala. Uh, she's 86 pounds. She's hurt her knees. And so I'm really having to kind of uh, pick her up. I'm having to drag her on her dog bed around from room to room because she's not supposed to like get up and walk at all. I mean, like seriously, folks, she cannot walk. So I'm having to like literally pick her up and move her around. Dog's 86 pounds. Does not sound like a lot. But I'm going to tell you what. She's, um, you know, about three-fourths of my body weight right now. I am struggling with that. And I'm thinking Candace is maybe... I don't know how tall she was. I'm going to say 125, 130 maybe. How the hell do you haul her around and then pick her up and put her in a damn trunk? And and it would take me hours. It would take me hours if I actually managed to do it on my own. How the hell did she yeah. manage to do that and not be seen? And to not I don't like know. have like just a trail of blood all over the place too. It's yeah. Yeah. Those are the things you kind of have to like disbelieve a little bit because. I know. I tried not to think too hard about it, but it's just sometimes I'm like, now because and maybe it's because it's what I'm doing. Like I said, I'm I'm hauling my dog oh, around, yeah. and I'm I am like out of breath. My I've got muscles aching I didn't know existed, um, and I'm thinking you're hauling around freaking dead bodies like it ain't nothing. Um, yeah, I've got I, a 160 pound dog that when he lays on our bed and you want room, you're not getting it. It's just no. not going to happen. Mm-mm. Yeah, you try to like when they're laying on the covers and you're like trying to kind of roll. Like, can yeah. I please just have this cover? You kind of like put your foot under to be like, hey, I want you to move. And then they do and jump off the bed and give you that look like you just like beat them. And you're like, yeah, you are right, the worst. I'll sleep on the floor. Yeah. Oh, I've been there. 
My dog growls at me when I try to move her. <laughs> like if I try to like, cause she'll get in bed when this is before her legs were hurt and she would jump into bed on her own. Um, she, I'd be like, okay, Nala, come on, it's time to go to bed. And she'd jump in bed and I'm turned around, like shutting the door or, um, I'm turning the light out or I'm grabbing, uh, some jammies or something. And she's on my side of the bed and I'm like, scoot over. This is my side of the bed. <laughs> and she's just looking at me like, whatever. Um, so I reach over and I, I scoop my hands up under her butt and try to scoot her over. And when I do that, she, she's not, she's not going to bite me, but she's just like, you know, irritated <laughs> with me. So, so yeah, I totally get that. She's imp- and, and she doesn't weigh nearly what your dog does, but it's enough that she's like, if you're like, she's on the covers and you try to roll, it's, it's just not happening. She'll just look at you like, I don't know what you're trying to do right now. Um, but I'm not moving. Um, talked about how they would tell their love story to the kids, Joe and love that, that would be an interesting story. Like mommy, uh, tell me how you and daddy met and fell in love. Um, tell us the yeah, story about would... the cage again, mom and dad. We love that story. <laughs> Can we go All play right, in the cage, little... please? <laughs> All right, you little psychopaths. Let's get in the cage. If you don't behave, I'm going to lock you in there for the rest of the day. <laughs> you don't eat your supper. Um, I I was curious at the end when 40 and uh, Love were having their conversations and she was trying to convince him that Joe was not a bad guy and, you know, everything was fine and he's really angry at her. Um, do you think Love was going to flip on Joe when she asked 40 to tell her what his plan was. She seemed to act it out. I don't know if she was just doing it for 40's sake, but when she, I, I think that she was trying to um, convince 40, like, okay, I'm on your side. Tell me what your plan is. Um, but man, she had me convinced there for a moment. I don't know if you thought that for a moment or um, if you thought she was just kind of going along with 40 to tell him what, just, what he wanted to hear. Yeah, just going. To, I, I felt more like she was going along with 40 because I think she cared for both of them and she was going to do her best to keep basically like to, to fix the broken issue, even though I don't know how you can fix that type of a broken issue, but she was going to give it a shot. Yeah, I agree. Well, wow. What, what a season, what a season. Um, I, I had a good time with this show. I love a show that, you know, is funny and dark, twisted, um, and totally messed up. Um, it, it was thoroughly entertaining. Um, so I was glad to have this season. It was some good stuff. So um, I had a good time with it. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. All right. Well, don't have any news. I think we've talked a lot of the news out. And at this point, um, it's so far gone that I feel like you guys probably already know everything you need to know. And really all we need to know is that there's a season three happening and that we know. We'll be sure to, um, when we hear if and when they ever release a date, uh, we'll report that out. So we can come back to that. But now we get to our favorite part of the podcast, and that is our listener feedback from you, the listeners. Um, First one that we have tonight is from Jason Erdman. He says, did Joe and Love move next door to his mother? Probably not, but their neighbor's backyard summer reading books seem to have caught Joe's eye. Eh. Looking forward to next season. Thinking the best way to end uh, this series is to have Joe run into a lumberjack up in the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) who previously went by the name Dexter Morgan. Love listening to your podcast. Ah, thanks, man. That's funny. Lots of Dexter references um, running along with this show for sure. 
Our next one comes from Michael Muthkless. Uh, simple little comment, but notice that near the start, it proves how much the parents love tennis, that they name their kids Love and Forty. Oh, I guess that I remember somebody said that before that Love and Forty, but I never, I mm-hmm. guess I didn't really realized it was a tennis reference. Yeah, it took me, honestly, it took me a while to kind of pick up on that. I think someone else had already mentioned, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I haven't played tennis in a long time. I haven't watched tennis in a long time. And I kind of forget that that's how the scoring goes. Yeah, it's Um, been a while. But yeah, I always remember having like a really weird scoring system. Yeah, I I need to get back on that. Tennis was so much fun. I'm not very good at it, but man, I love to hit hit that tennis ball. I used to play um, in high school and I used to think I was going to be like the next uh, female version of Andre Agassi. Oh, I was a big Andre Agassi fan. <sighs> Who wasn't? I had a huge po- poster of him in my room, like huge. <laughs> it was like one of those like mega posters. It wasn't just like nice. the standard like big posters that you see in the stores. It was like a big, huge mega poster of Andre Agassi. I was obsessed. Um, and yeah, I, I imagined myself to be a tennis pro. Whatever, Rima. <clears throat> anyway, next one we have is from our good friend, Doug Fick. He says, in general terms, I can say that I like season two much more than season one. The acting was better and the characters were much more fleshed out. It was surprising that they bumped off any character with redeeming qualities. I would have liked to see Candace spared in a way that would have made her Joe's nemesis in seasons to come. But they are having Joe move into a new obsession. And now for the finale as a whole... Love had no reason to kill the au pair. She said that no family recovers from a tragedy like that. Then why do it? Call the police. I know. She's nuts. Just when you thought you heard the last wolf? Nope. One more for good measure. (laughs) How is the private detective able to get pictures of Joe with his cap on? Did his camera have a special invisibility cap decoder filter on it? (laughs) (laughs) I learned that collecting used tampons makes you earthy. (laughs) (laughs) Again, no locks on lockers on the store or the storage unit. Stamos in the hizzle. A bit confused. I thought Joe's mom abandons him at the beach, but now we see that she just gives him up to the state. Can you do that? And when Love tells Joe that she is pregnant and it's a girl, I'm not sure of the total timeline of the season, but according to the research, you usually can't find out the sex of your baby after at least 12 weeks. So was Love lying or is it a TV show? Didn't she say she just had a feeling? I think she said it was just a feeling. Yeah. Because he's not, looking at her like, how would you know already? And she's like, it's just a feeling. She says it really quick. If you're not really focused and look, you all know I, I watched the second watch with closed captioning. That's how I caught it, to be honest with you. I miss it in my first watch. Um, so, yeah, she's like, it's a feeling. <clears throat> Uh, he goes on, let's bake a cake and go to a wedding. I guess in LA, you need a security force complete with earpiece communication for a wedding of 27 guests. I counted. Oh, good job. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently officer Fincher chose not to announce his presence as a police officer and just shoot 40. Really? I know he's an LA cop, but come on. I thought that was too convenient to get 40 out of the way. I think the show is more interesting with him in it. I agree, Doug. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Why didn't he announce himself and and come busting in with his gun and say, you know, stop police, you know, something like that. That's a really good point. Totally overlooked that one. Um, And I do think, yeah, I agree with you. The show is way more interesting with 40 in it. Um, He goes on, did you see the postcard under um, Ellie's from Florida? It was from Will. If you pause the shot, it says he's not heard from Joe in a while and is wondering if he's okay. I didn't Mm. catch that part. I only read Ellie's. That's pretty cool. That's a good little touch. Because it seems like it's going to like a separate like P.O. box type thing. So it's like 
He's keeping that from love. Yeah, Yeah. it's definitely separate from what, like their um, dual male or whatever that they're getting together at at their house. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I bet it's because Will really seems to see through Joe. Like he reads him really well. And I bet that Joe's just like, I can't tell Will about this. Like if I know if I communicate with Will, he's going to see right through me and he's going to tell me truths that I don't want to hear. Um, and he'll, he'll find out, you know, what's going on and he's just not wanting to face that. So I bet that's why he's not communicating with Will. Good observation, Doug. Um, he goes on, he says, and finally Joe's cage is a ranch home with a pool and a Prius. Just when you think he's accepted his fate, hello neighbor, which got me to thinking maybe he just has ADHD, a fun watch to poke a stick at. Thanks, Rima Joe and Sean. Let's move on. Our next one comes from Gemma Hall. So, well, yes, love is a psycho and kills Delilah in Kansas. Candace, not Kansas. She (laughs) likes the band from what I hear. Right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I actually didn't see this coming. I didn't really like love that much. She was less Whitney than Beck. But I did like how they revealed she's got just as many issues as Joe. Also, the only reason he didn't kill her was because of their baby. I've read a lot online of how people thought he was a changed man at the end, but this is Joe. He's obsessive-compulsive, and moving on to the neighbor is just in his nature. It'll be interesting to see how season three plays out. R.I.P. Beck, who is actually dead. Bummer, LOL. Yeah. I think we just have to deal. All right, so we've got a couple of... Actually, we've got a good chunk of voicemails this week. I'm really excited. I love voicemails. You guys are awesome um, by keeping us rich in voicemails. The first one that we have is from our good friend, Laura. Or actually, no, it wasn't a voicemail. She actually left feedback. Oh my God, I'm sorry. I'll read this out loud. I thought she left a voicemail, which she typically does. I'm sorry. Um, So her email says, wasn't able to make it to the finale, but here's my feedback on the penultimate episode. She says, damn it, damn it, damn it, Candace. Girl, call the cops first, secretly psycho girlfriend second. Well, maybe she just expected the cops to not believe her again. I won't go off on how this just reinforced the stereotype of victims not being believed and then made to defend themselves simply because they may have a supposed reputation or are considered discre- discreditable. Ugh. In the words of Candace, Amy Adam, what is it with John fucking Goldberg. I think that's supposed to be Joe fucking Goldberg. The dude must have a serious guardian angel or devil on his side. However, what the fuck, love? I'm so disappointed and shocked, weirdly in awe of you. Maybe my Maybe my admiration is more for Victoria Pedretti. While love is literally killing it, Pedretti is literally killing it because she is playing the perfect wolf in sheep's clothing. I wolf her. Wish I could have gotten to the finale in time, but my guess is that we'll find out that love was Delilah's killer, the spurned lover, and most likely the au pair as well. But I'm on the fence about whether or not she'll run off with Joe to live as a couple of merry murderers or if she will somehow meet her demise at the hands of another, at another one of Joe's accidents. Laura. Oh, Laura, I'll be interested to see what you think since you seem to pretty much call the finale. <laughs> <right there>. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. My bad. I thought I saw a little thing on there for voicemail, but that's awesome. Thank you, Laura, for that email. Um, so now we actually do have some voicemails. Um, the first one that we have is from our friend, Greg. Okay. So as it turns out, 
Love is a full-fledged psycho. I can't say I didn't see it coming, but I honestly was concerned. I was like, oh, you know, she killed Candace, just saved Joe, got it. That makes so much sense. Nope, full-blown psycho. (laughs) But I can accept that, right? She's fucking crazy. Does it suck that 40 got killed? Yeah, but I mean, like, pretty much nobody's good in this show. But it just drives me bonkers. It drives me fucking bonkers that Joe can't accept love. Like, oh, this 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 woman is psycho and I can't kill her because she's pregnant. She's just as psycho as you are. What the fuck is wrong with you? Just accept the fact that she... She loves you. You know what? Hey, you got away with um, getting the kid out of there. Yes, Delilah dying sucks. But, I mean, Jesus, just accept love. Yes, you're a douchebag. Yes, you're a psycho. But she's just she does the same thing you do. It's nuts. Ugh. Anyway, this was so frustrating. All right. Well, look forward to hearing the podcast and uh, you guys unpacking it. Uh, talk to you guys later. Oh, this is Greg, by the way. All right, cool. Bye. <laughs> that was awesome. That's awesome. Thanks, Greg. I know I'm right there with you. It was so frustrating. Um, you know, the he it's like, dude, you're 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 getting like this perfect person that knows exactly who you are, um, and knows exactly what you did and sees you for who you are, accepts you who you are, and still loves you for who you are. Now, granted, that's all a terrible thing because he's a psycho too. Um in a murderous stalker, serial killer, however you want to categorize him, all of those things, um, you're in the perfect situation and you're, you're flipping out because she's exactly as you are. I feel like it's a match made in heaven, but he's flipping well, out over it. And at this point too, it's like when you get like, I used to love playing video games, but now I'm adult. I have a kid. I have to put those things away. So Joe just has to learn that he's got to hang up his serial killer hat and just, you know, suburbanize a little bit. Is that what you do? Do you suburbanize? Is that a word? I, I think so. I don't okay. know if it's a, an official word, but I've heard many people coin that term as, you know, a bunch of suburbanites. Um, so I think that's appropriate. Yeah, it's weird. Um, th- we have another voicemail tonight from our good friend Heinrich. Hello, Remind Sean. It's uh, Heinrich here again. And. Uh, You guys have no idea how strange indeed I am. So I've been a little sick this week. So if I sound a little weird, it's probably because of that. But I have some points I would like to take up. So here we go. And uh, Joe's words took them right out out of my mouth. WTF. Indeed. It was exactly what I was thinking. I have no idea what love was essentially out Joeing Joe. It was such a hoot to see, yes, you would say. How incredible. She was so much further along in her plan than he was. As she said, he was so obsessed with uh, the goddamn fantasy of a perfect person, a perfect woman, that he really didn't see her. And that's a flaw all of us have, I think. But it was uh, really 
I have hard, hardly words to describe it. How incredible entertained I was by the twist that she pulled out, pulled out from Andros with that rug. I'm not the best with my grammar, as you hear. But that's essentially what I loved so much about this episode that it really shifted the. Uh, view we had of love that she is, as you predicted, it was something more to her, and it was a hell of a lot indeed. Indeed, and uh, after she trapped him in the cage, as you predicted as well. Congratulations! It was uh, really fun to see him uh, locked in there for a while, and the uh, conversations they were having about who was the most terrible of them. Well, it wasn't exactly like that, but it was real fun to see <laughs> how they played off each other and expected different reactions. It was <sighs> real eye-opening to see it, in a way. But who wouldn't lo- want that from a lover? So who would do everything for oneself? I would especially like it. Well, to the next one. I had been so worried for love's uh, uh, well-being in this entire season because uh, Joe essentially he has a dark past, as as you see, kills people a hell of a lot, and um, this episode really shifted it to be worried for Joe there a little bit, as he thought poison, but that was obviously not a, the case. But um, it shifted a little uh, between there. I was worried really hard for love there when she opened the cage. Yes, was justified. He was so near to kill her. But the pregnancy really saved her. Because he will never harm a child, as he has said. But I believe he has really confused feelings of her too. Because, as he said, he can't really judge her for what she has done. He has done so much more worse. <laughs> So it's going to be really interesting how their their relationship evolves throughout the next season. And I'm going to be real worried for that neighbor. uh, Because uh, Joe have his uh, obsessions and uh, love is probably going to set stop for them in blood or other means. So it's going to be a really high body count if you keeps up his extra activities, as you would say. And someone who all deserves so much more, Forty. He, he figured out everything. He even visited Dr. Nicky and got more or less the whole story from him. And uh, to end up where he ended up was a real bummer. I really liked him. It was awesome. And uh, I'm one of those who believe he's still around, but the facts doesn't really uh, support that theory. But uh, I hope for him his return in some way. I have no idea how. And uh, my favorite sentence from this episode is, while, while I was really seeing you, really seeing you, you were chasing a goddamn fantasy. Was so good. I believe we all have our fantasies about what our perfect person should be, and those fantasies is always gonna be wrong. 
well, I'm ranting on a little while here now, so I'll see you guys soon, or hear you guys soon, I hope. Yo, Will, I'll love you always. See you soon, neighbor. <laughs> Thanks, Heinrich. Great. That was awesome. <laughs> that was really great. Lots of good points. And what an amazing accent, by the way. That was great. Um, our last voicemail. Well, we cannot ever end the podcast um, or a series without um, a voicemail from our good friend, Steve Brown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hey, strange indeed. This is Steve. I'm going to record this for episode 10 because I'm, I'm watching it for the second time now. And I realized I need to get some things out before I, uh, I've had some bourbon. So just <laughs> bear with me real quick. Um, <laughs> let me look at my notes. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm holding things up. Um, <laughs> okay. Love says everything is going to be okay. I don't know how many times in this episode she says that. Uh, just freaking amazing. I loved um, the quote. The 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 when when Joe says the river of crazy that is coming out, and she says get a grip. And uh, but um, you know this is one of those. Uh, romances where we always see the opposites attract kind of romances. But in this particular case, the romances, they're very similar to each other. She has the same kind of obsession. She says, you know, I saw you and that's what sparked this and, and all that. And, um, I, I love, I haven't finished my second watch yet, uh, but I remember from the first watch because it was so bonkers that I love the way they wrap up all the storylines from season one in this episode so that season three is going to be completely fresh. And I don't know if they're going to rename it to us or what they're going to do with it, but I love they, you know, they close out the Candace story with love killing Candace. They close out the Dr. Nikki story with him saying he's not going to try to pursue it at all. They close out the 40 story with his death and that, that wraps up everything else. So I'm, uh, I can't wait for season three and I, I really hope you guys loved it enough to want to, uh, uh, podcast on season three as well. So, okay. Sorry. I went long. Uh, talk to you later. Uh, great as always, Steve. Thanks, man. Love that. Yeah. I, I love that he finds the absurdity, um, in a lot of those scenes, um, like I did. Cause <laughs> some of you are just watching and you're just like, Oh my God, what am I watching? Um, it's pretty unbelievable moments. That was amazing. We had some really great uh, feedback here for the finale and throughout the entire season. You guys have been fantastic. It's always more enjoyable to hear what you guys have to say um, as well um, and to hear your all's perspective on it. So thanks guys so much for participating. We've enjoyed having you. Yeah. Thanks everybody. All right. So next week we'll be covering the first episode from Netflix TV show Lock and Key with a special guest, Rima. Who's well, the special guest? Special guest. Um, I think everyone will be pleased and delighted to hear that our special guest um, for our coverage for um, the first 
uh, season of Lock and Key is Podcastica's own Jason Cabassi from Walking Dead Cast, House Podcastica, so on and so forth. Everyone um, knows all of his podcasts that he's um, got going on, or at least you should, um, at least hearing us talk about him quite often. And he's guested with us before on Black Mirror. Um, There's a couple other things too, I think. I think it's been two episodes he's been on. Yeah, I know at least Black Mirror, and I know we've you and I have both uh, like we we do the collaborative like Comic Con special every summer on the Walking Dead cast and stuff. So um, we've had lots of collaborations with Jason, and he's always super fun. And he is so stoked about Lock and Key. He's a huge, huge fan of the comics, and he is super stoked um, to talk about this. In fact, he was uh, going to do his own podcast on it. Um, and you know, when I mentioned that, you know, we were really interested in in doing that as well um he's like okay well then i you know i'd love to talk about it i'm like then you should just join us because (laughs) that way we don't have two it's fine if we had two podcasts on the same network um covering the same show but um (laughs) why why have all that work you know so he's um, going to be joining us, and I, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So we hope that you guys, you know, will join us for that. I even if you haven't read the comics, I, I think that you don't have to have read the comics to enjoy it. Um, it was released today um, on Netflix, so we hope that you'll check it out and join us. We'll start our coverage on that next week. Um, I have went ahead and we're kind of doing something a little bit differently. If you haven't already noticed on our feedback pages on Facebook, where I typically leave um, a a comment uh, post for you guys to leave your feedback. I have went ahead and released or uh, posted a comment thread for every single episode um, for, so that way if you binge it and you want to go and if you've watched the first episode, you can go leave your feedback. If you go binge it and you watch the second episode, you can leave your feedback. So you don't have to wait for me to post it every week. I'll probably still go ahead and post something. If you're going to do a week to week watch like us and you don't want to go dick for it or something, that's fine. Um, but this way, um, for all you bingers out there who might finish it this weekend, you have a post out there. You can also still just email us too. Um, and email us your feedback or you can send us a voice message too. So we really hope that you enjoy it. I think it's going to be great. I just, from the trailers, um, I, I think they're going to do a pretty darn good job of taking that comic and putting it on screen. Cause I know when I read the comic, I'm like, how are they going to do this? Cause there's some, you know, pretty, you know, cool things, but they had success with the walking dead and others. So I think, um, I think just from the trailers alone, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm pretty excited. So Anyway, I hope you guys join us for that. Until then, we are really excited for you to follow us into the book basement. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Stranger TCast. And you can check us out on Instagram at Strange <laughs> underscore Indeed underscore pod. I really hope you do go out and like us on um, Instagram. I'm looking for some more likes. If I can get a couple more this week, um, it'll make my day. So go do that for me. Um, And you can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at Podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. Heck yeah. And make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. What's in store this week? Well, we talk about a story about a couple that had a little bit of extra money put into their bank account, about $120,000. 
And they decided to spend that money, and the bank was not happy about that. So we kind of talk about that story and other kind of interesting bank robbery stories. So it's kind of fun. Nice. Oh, what I wouldn't give if somehow $120,000 just magically appeared in my account. Yeah, they didn't really spend it very well, I don't think. Mm. But I'd like to think that I would spend it responsibly or do the responsible and, and smart things, but I know I'd be making a couple <laughs> of foolish um, purchases. But oh well. All right. Well, that's our show, episode 119 Love Actually. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Jason Erdman is strange indeed.